It's Wednesday, which means it's time for another episode of Legally Unfiltered. This is attorney Franz Borkhardt. I'm here with attorney Richard Sprinkle. We're at the Sprinkle Law Firm recording. If you like Legally Unfiltered and want to get more information about it, check out our website at www.legallyunfiltered.com. Or if you want to send us your thoughts, possible topics, email us at legallyunfiltered at gmail.com. They can send jokes too. They can send jokes too. Send us an email. We always like hearing from you guys. We always love feedback. Speaking of feedback, we would be remiss if we didn't do this Wednesday's episode on Jesse Smullett. That's, we, that's Jussie. Jussie. Unless you're Chris Rock. Okay. Okay. So let's talk Smullett. So where we left off with you guys was we previously did an episode about what was going on in this case. And, and when we did that, I think it was before the disposition of the case. It was. So as of this morning, 1030 Wednesday, you're listening to Legally Unfiltered. We're going to talk about what happened in his case, why it matters what happened to his case, whether or not it was a fair disposition, what's going to happen with that $130,000 that the city of Chicago wants to get back for cost of policing and prosecution, as well as a possible federal case that may emerge as a result of the sweetheart state court deal he got. So we start with where the mayor left off. The phrase whitewash of justice. That's right, Emanuel, the mayor of Chicago said, this is an example of a, of a star being treated special or different. And this is a classic example of whitewashing of justice. So what happened? Smalley got a great disposition. For, oh, he got a sweetheart so deal. So individuals generally in his position in that jurisdiction, and by the way, we have a special prosecutor sp- prosecuting him. They generally are eligible for pretrial diversion or dispositions, which is you complete some conditions, you forfeit some money or pay some money, and and lo and behold, the case goes away. Now, this is not something new, unusual, but for a case of this magnitude, for a high-profile case that that sought and, and demanded national attention, if not international attention, the amount of resources that were used, $130,000 is what the city is saying of, of spent labor, police work. His disposition was some community service hours and the forfeiture of a $10,000 bond. Now, there was no admission of guilt. That is important. There was no admission of guilt as a condition of this, of this resolution. Additionally, this resolution, the prosecutor said, was not based on a deficiency in the case, nor did it exonerate Smollett. That's that's very important, folks, is they said, we're not saying he's exonerated, okay? So he leaves the courthouse. His attorneys, the first thing they do is they talk about how innocent he is as the day is long and how he's going to continue a life of doing what, Richard? Uh, well, let's, he's going to continue doing a life of being as he was all throughout this, and I quote, truthful and consistent on every single level he, since day one. He is going to be an advocate for people and social injustices in the world. So as you might imagine, guys, this didn't sit well with a lot of folks. Uh, nope. On the one end of the spectrum, you had a lot of folks saying, and, and look, I struggled with this. I struggled with, if this is the common disposition for individuals in his boat on, on first felon offenses, then is it that outlandish that he would get that disposition? On the other hand, this is the kind of crime that erodes public trust. By that, I mean what you're doing is you're taking the police off of real crimes, rapes, murders, drug offenses, and you're putting them to work an artificially created hate crime. 
Okay, that's of course assuming that he was really guilty and really lying about all this, which we are led to believe that the two Nigerians that were arrested turned state's evidence and possibly cooperated against him. So that is where we start. That was his very long-winded disposition of his case. As you might imagine, Richard, nobody was happy in the city of Chicago because, by the way, the police chief and the mayor came out and said, we were never even consulted in this. Oh, it, it was a matter of, I would guess, an hour or two before they were on live television making statements. We don't agree with this. We weren't consulted about this. Uh, we're kind of as shocked as you are. So it was it was definitely a deal strictly done by the prosecutor. So the afterbirth, what happened after this? Well, the city of Chicago says we are owed $130,000 under our law. There's a civil ordinance in Chicago that says they can collect this, which, by the way, folks, Good prosecutors, good prosecutors would have had this conversation and made it as a part of the deal, which $130,000 to Smollett probably wouldn't have broken him, although his acting career is not that fantastic at this point. Additionally, the afterbirth was there was such a rage and it went all the way up to D.C., right? Trump's tweeting about this. Our president of the United States of America is tweeting about DOJ this. DOJ has to investigate. Right. So FBI now, has to investigate. Now the FBI has been tasked with investigating both, one, whether or not he committed mail fraud, which we'll talk about shortly, and whether or not this disposition, this resolution, this outcome was appropriate and not illegal. So that is where we are today, Wednesday, 1030. Now, look, guys, the $130,000, I don't have a problem with that at all. Nope. I don't, I don't, I mean, if that's what it costs the good men and women who are police officers and other, and other law enforcement entities or agents or whatever, the city of Chicago should be paid and compensated for what those individuals had to do. And, And we can all agree, right, Richard, that this was an exhaustive investigation, it started with, we got to find the, these two hate mongers that have perpetuated a hate crime against someone who is both gay and African-American, black. Mm-hmm. And then it transitioned mid-investigation to, we are investigating this individual, Smollett, who may have fabricated the, these these allegations. So the $130,000, I do not have a problem with. I think that's fair. I think that's just. And candidly, I don't know why he wouldn't just pay that and resolve that other than maybe from a spin standpoint, he doesn't want to appear to be, quote unquote, guilty at this point. My issue with this case is this is the type of case that will cause you to reject your logical tendencies and go for a more emotional reaction. Let's think about this for a second. 16 felonies. It's a whole lot of felonies on one count. And they on piled it on. They piled it on. But yes, they're all, uh, this hurts to say it, they're all low-level felonies. So in any case, you're a criminal defense attorney, I'm a criminal defense attorney. In any case where you've got a first-time offender with low-level felonies, you seek out mitigation. And so... The defense attorney in me says, great, good for him that he got this mitigation deal. That's fantastic. The problem is you have the other two issues at play. One, people are very upset at the cost, expense, uh, expenditure of man hours and woman hours and time and everything else on this case. And then the other side of it of this is a really sensitive issue where somebody fabricated the hate crime like you spoke about a minute ago. So those triggers make people forget that, sure, he he probably does deserve the mitigation because it's like, wait a minute, look what he did. Well, I've said for years, the worst kind of criminal in my mind in a criminal justice system is the one that cries wolf 
Oh, yes. We we hate the rapist and the murderer, but we hate even more the quote unquote victim that looks at society and says, it was me. I was wronged. Right. Right. Because it tears at our sense of justice. It tears and evaporates the trust we have in the system. So now look, I was asked from the beginning, was jail a realistic possibility for this guy? And, and I've told folks from day one, he's a first time offender. Even if he's convicted, I don't know that jail would be a reality for this guy, even with them piling it on. I think in the beginning, the issue was they wanted accountability. And I think to a lot of people, the community service he did in the $10,000 forfeiture bond does not represent what we would call in our system accountability. It's not whatever justice is, whatever, whatever feathered creature with talons it is. That doesn't seem like justice. So I'm not, I'm not bewildered or angry that he that he didn't get jail time. I'm I'm wondering how in the world is this quote unquote fair? Well, I believe, and this is difficult because I'm an attorney just like you. But I believe Mr. Smollett's justice is not necessarily going to come from our justice system, but it's going to become it's going to be coming down the road from the totality of the circumstances in many regards mr smollett has injured his career um whether he did this thing whether he did not do this thing uh his career is hurt one way or the other well let's talk about that career right yeah so part of this a component of this was someone maybe smollett mailed a letter to what the production to the show. No, he mailed it to himself on the right, set, right. on the Chicago set. Right. I'm sorry. So he mailed a letter possibly to himself with some white powder in it. Yep. And, and basically with the, with the, with a, a threat, a loom and gloom threat to it. And, and the bottom line is why would he do that? Was it to validate the, the, the story? Was it to show the, 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 the show folks, the decision makers of the show, show that he should be in some way protected, shielded, maybe better compensated. Um, so, yeah. I, well, and that's how we get to mail fraud, by the way. I don't. And personally, and, and this might be just a bit of a tangent, but I don't see how you get to, hey, Mr. Producer, I deserve a bigger paycheck per episode because somebody sent me a threatening letter. Those two just don't seem to be on the same track. And so that's, yeah. but that's a critical element know. and component of mail fraud, right? It's not just the the sending of a, of a letter or or parcel or piece of mail with the intent to defraud. There has to be that financial component. Now, clearly, all of this was done. If in fact he fabricated, if in fact he's guilty of doing something, this was all done from with with in the background or in the front, a pecuniary interest to be improved. And by that, I mean, he's doing this to improve his positioning, whether to get a better deal, whether to make him look better in the, in the eyes of the, of the Hollywood world. There is a financial component of this directly or indirectly. And and you don't have, it doesn't take a stretch to get there, right? No, no. Professional wrestlers call this getting your heat up. Basically your heat up. I like that. Exactly. Either you're getting more notoriety, you're getting more money, you're getting a bigger paycheck at the end of the day. It, it all works together. Anybody who's uh, uh, trying to market themselves gets it. There's no such thing as bad publicity, so they say. I think uh, right now Mr. Smollett might disagree, but that was the old expression. So where does he go now? Um, he is going to be subject to the federal probe, the federal investigation. If the feds find wrongdoing, they could theoretically prosecute him in federal, which, by the way, is ironic because I think had the disposition been more appropriate, 
The feds wouldn't be interested in this. Nobody would be interested in this if the disposition would have been one that lent itself to accountability. Um, I think, you know, everybody would have let this kind of die down. He would have faded out into the into the dusk. I, um, I have a feeling the the uh, United States Attorney's Office up in Chicago has enough on its hands not to relitigate something when they felt justice was done. So no, if 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 this if Mr. Smollett's uh, disposition in the case or sentence in this case would have been a little stiffer, but the, the FBI may never have gotten involved. Who knows? So they're going to decide whatever they're going to decide. This certainly isn't going to go away, especially to the tune of one hundred and thirty thousand dollars. You know, and, and, and I have compared this, and Richard and I have talked about this off air, I've compared this to what's going on with a certain Patriots owner, right? Right. His disposition offer was something somewhat similar, right? Do some things and we, we will dismiss all charges. Now, he was charged with a misdemeanor soliciting, not a felony, not human trafficking. And he said no to that deal. And a lot of people were up in arms when he said no to the deal, but a lot of people were up in arms about the offering of the deal. And I defended the deal. I've, I still defend the deal. If, if that is what is appropriate in his situation with a similarly situated accused individual, then why do we treat him differently because he is, in fact, an owner of the Patriots or a celebrity? I agree with Emmanuel, Mayor Emanuel. I agree that people should not be treated differently based on their positioning. Exactly. That, that lends itself to the conversation and controversy of do people with money get better justice? Well, it seems like it happens from time to time. Um, This could be one of those instances. I have uh, read reports that Mr. Smollett's uh, uh, community service was not the typical picking up cans on the side of the road, but more or less uh, he did some administrative time at the Rainbow uh, Coalition offices of Jesse Jackson in Chicago. So I guess for me, the problem is this. I think we all knew deep down inside knew and know that to a large degree, your economic positioning does get you a, a quote unquote, fairer shake of justice. It gets you a better serving, right? It, it gets you a smaller scoop. Right. It, we don't like it. We don't like it. But, you know, it, Listen, it case, is, case in point, um, a, a movie came out recently on Netflix about the life and times of one of the most notorious bands of all time, Motley Crue. Uh, for those that don't remember, you're too young. The lead singer of Motley Crue uh, was out driving drunk one night with one of his best friends in the car who happened to be the drummer of another band, uh, wrecked the car killed the uh, passenger. Um, uh, the singer of Motley Crue was found guilty of, of uh, vehicular manslaughter, uh, wound up serving a whole 30 days in jail. Home sweet home. And then he went home sweet home. That's right. So, he so went rehab sweet I think, rehab. But I think we're not okay with the fact that people get better justice no. or a smaller scoop, but we really don't like it when it's thrown in our face. And no. this is an example, this case, this Smollett case is an example of us having something thrown in our face that we all knew to kind of be true. We didn't like it. We don't like it, but you know, life's not fair. But when it's thrown in my face, Richard, mm-hmm. I get a little pissed off about it. I think there's a different degree of offense that one would take between what Mr. Smollett was accused of and what uh, Robert Kraft was accused of. I mean, n- neither one is good. Neither one is, 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 is uh, you know, good behavior at all. They're both rep- examples of reprehensible behavior. But I think what Mr. Kraft is accused of is, is farther down the totem pole. So 
if we want to bend our brains towards this whole concept of human trafficking, you can you can demonize Kraft all you want. You can make it into a crime that it's not. He's been charged with misdemeanor solicitation. Sure, but not, he wasn't actually trafficking anyone. He was correct, a consumer correct, of correct. the... So the only thing they have in common is they're public figures and they both have money. Right. Their crimes are vastly different. Oh, definitely. Not that either crime is is warm, fuzzy, and makes you feel good. Nope. Smollett's crime is a reverse hate crime. It is the fabrication, and, and to date, we don't have a we don't have a crime that specifically deals with what happens when you fake a hate crime, right? Although we maybe should. If you're going to have hate crimes, then you need to penalize people that are not truly victims of hate crimes. Well, once enough copycats come but, forward, but then the, we will. But the only thing we have in common between Kraft and Smullett is the money and pub- public figure status. Right. Smullett, now, what they don't have in common is Smullett got on what all accounts is a sweetheart deal, but now may have a federal probe as a, as a, or does have a federal probe as a result of it. It's a hot topic, man. It's a hot topic. And, and I don't know, you know, I get asked, are the feds going to pursue this? And, 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 you know, it's, it's the feds get their marching orders from, from one place. Mm-hmm. And that one place sometimes has tweets behind it. 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. And is it and is it right that because the allegation of the crime is that there were two, you know, make America great again hats, is it right that that Trump is involving himself, that a president is involving himself in a federal possible federal prosecution? Maybe it's not right. But in the same breath, it's kind of a what do you expect? Like, what did you expect was going to happen by fabricating this in such a flimsy way that you can get busted for having done it? And if the feds are getting their marching orders from D.C. and from a tweeting president, then it's not outlandish to believe that he may face some kind of consequence. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, kids, the feds don't play like the city of Chicago plays. It's not going to be do some community service and forfeit some money. There will be some serious penalties involved in this. Now, the irony is he might be eligible for pretrial diversion in the federal system, although that's like finding a floral leaf clover in a field of green. It doesn't happen often. No. But he will be subject to the sentencing guidelines. He'll be subject to a possible felony conviction if, in fact, that gets that far. Maybe it won't get that far. We don't know. We're going to keep an eye on it. Again, folks, this is Attorney Franz Borker. I'm with Richard Sprinkle. We're doing an episode on the Smullett disposition and what's going on with that case. We thought it was important enough. We like to cover things that are happening in the media and things that affect you. And Well, before we before we run off on wait, Mr. Smullett, there's uh, more. There is more. I mean, recently, uh, the, the 50th annual, annual NAACP Image Awards happened, and uh, Chris Rock was there. Um, there were a, a whole ton of stars there that, that are good friends with uh, Mr. Smollett. Um, there was a, a Yara, Sh- Sh- I'm going to mispronounce her name, Shahidi uh, made her stance about it, and she said she stands with Jesse, um, and she you know, fully believes in him and, and is glad that uh, things are going his way. Chris Rock, however, feels things are a little different. He literally says, uh, you are now known as Jesse from now on, not Jesse. You don't even get the you anymore. The you was for respect, and you ain't getting no respect from me. So... You know, like I said, I think Mr. Smollett's serving of justice may not come entirely from the justice system. So, it may come from the world around it. So the erosion of trust, the erosion of justice is going to be felt most. Oh, yes. By individuals that should be shielded by these very laws. If you are a gay 
individual, LGBTQ, you might not like what's happening in this case. You may not like someone crying wolf and using their identification, that thing that they identify themselves with, as a mechanism to propel their career, their financial positioning, especially when you want those laws to shield and protect you. You may not like that. If you're African-American, and that's part of this too, you may not like having those things that are supposed to shield and protect you er being eroded by someone crying wolf. And and be not mistaken, that is what he is very much accused of doing, crying wolf. So ladies and gentlemen, that's about it for this episode of Legally Unfiltered. Again, www.legallyunfiltered.com. Do us a favor. Go to our one of our many places you can listen to the podcast. You can go to iTunes. You can go to Google Play. You can go to SoundCloud. Drop us a review. Drop us a a, a little a little star action. Maybe give us some some positive feedback. Or if you don't like what we're doing, let us know so we can get it better. That's about it for this episode. We'll hit, talk to you next time, folks. The views and opinions expressed in Legally Unfiltered do not constitute legal advice. If you would like legal advice on the topics that we've discussed, send us money. That's right. Go ahead and retain us. Do not, kids, try this at home. 